We've been uh, going through the book of Romans, and uh, we were just going to bomb right into chapter 4, but I thought, whoa, 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 just a minute. I've got something here I just discovered. You know, Abraham discovered something, and wouldn't you know what Ron did this last week too? But first of all, before we get into it, let's just back up a little bit. How many went over your memory verse from last week? Okay. Flossie did. Oh, well, we didn't say meditate. We said memorize. Yeah. Well, we've got it right in front of us. We got the words right there. Romans 3, 23 to 25. And all have sinned and come fall short of the glory of God and are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Jesus Christ or Christ Jesus whom God put forward as a sacrifice by his blood through to be received by faith. Yes. Romans 3:23 to 25. Very good. Yes it is. We got it. We don't have it right down but let's keep working on it. Romans 3.27-31. That's our text this morning. So I back this up and then we got to charge forward on this Romans 3.27. I found something that I think is significant for understanding what Paul is talking about, particularly here in the first part of Romans. And I think it's key enough to spend time on this one place so that we get it down solid. More solid than we have Romans 3.23 down. (laughs) Okay? Let's keep working on that. In this next passage, which I'm going to read for us, we didn't read it last week, by the way, uh, 27 to 31. Just wait a minute there. Paul coins a phrase that I think can help us understand his dramatic conversion to become a dynamic apostle for Jesus Christ. And we can understand his writings. Using an outline that is very simple, the law of faith. What is the law? What is faith? And is the law uh, abolished? The phrase is uh, very simple, but in the context, it jumped out at me this last week. Because there's something unusual about this as we've read along. Paul's talking about faith. He's talking about the law talking about faith. He's talking about the law. And just like Flossie stole it right out of my mouth, 
faith was saying, it's all about me. And the law was sitting as a cold tablet. What am I going to do now? They don't need me anymore. That's not true. The word that Paul uses, I think we're going to discover something. The word that he uses to say law. So let's uh, let's take a look. Let's begin at uh, verse 21 again, and we'll start reading from there to just kind of get a run at what we're talking about. But now the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law, although the law and the prophets bear witness to it. The righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. For there is no distinction for all sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a, we said sacrifice, most translations say a propitiation, but because we're all beginners in English here, and I am too, I can hardly pronounce that word, much less know what the meaning means, but let's just say sacrifice by his blood to be received by faith. This was to show God's righteousness because in his divine forbearance he had passed over former sins. And last week I I just kind of brushed by that. What does the former sins mean? Well, all of those animals, goat, sheep, bulls, calves, even birds, were sacrificed over and over and over again. For the sins of all the people prior to Jesus' coming. And notice the word. He had passed over former sins. That jumped out at me this week too. What is Passover? Isn't that something? I think Paul hid that in there with that that word. And I bet you anything, well, we don't bet in this church, but uh, <laughs> I think Paul put it there on purpose because, you know, the people he was preaching to and writing to were both Jews and Gentiles. It was an international church, remember? He was talking to Jews and Gentiles. And I think that meant something when he used a phrase like that, that God passed over. Because they thought the law had finished it all. And it hadn't. It hadn't. It wasn't done. And that's what it means to be a Christian. Let's proceed. It was to show his righteousness at the present time. That's God's righteousness at the present time so that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. See, God's reputation is at stake, like we talked about last week. If he just forgives us without a penalty, because in the very beginning he told the first pair, if you eat of that, you will die. 
And there must have been a remedy. There had to be. He was God. And so, he took a lamb, I believe, and clothed that naked couple so that they would have not their shame, but they could approach God. And that's what righteousness means. And Flossie, I already told you about my favorite kanji, where the lamb is over us, covering us. I'm going to preach that till I die. <laughs> what it means is that we are righteous. That's what it means in kanji. Look it up. The kanji for righteousness. It's phenomenal what it tells in a picture. Let's go on in our, our reading. Verse 27. Then what becomes of our boasting? In other words, as a Jew, if the law is gone, our boasting is excluded. By what kind of law? By a law of works? In other words, try, 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 try. Get that little ladder out there to get across that big gulf. It can't be done. It just cannot be done by us. No, Paul says, but by, and get it, the law of faith. Let's just go reading further to the end here, and then I'll come back to this verse, okay? No, but by the law of faith. For we hold that one is justified by faith apart from the works of the law. Or is God the God of Jews only? Is he not the God of Gentiles also? Yes, of Gentiles also. Since God is one who will justify the circumcised by faith and the uncircumcised through faith. Do we then overthrow the law by this faith? By no means. On the contrary, we uphold the law. Let's back up. What becomes of our boasting? It is excluded. By what kind of law? By a law of works? No. But by the law of faith. Now that's almost like saying oxymoron means that it seems to contradict each other. It's like uh, jumbo shrimp. <laughs> That's an oxymoron. Who ever saw a jumbo shrimp? Well, some of us would because we like shrimp. But when we talk about shrimp, they're usually pretty small. And so, anyway, we have these words, we have these expressions in English. The law of faith. According to what Paul had told us last week or in the week before, faith and law seem to be contradicting each other. And Paul uses a word here that I'm sure when he used it, his Jewish friends, when they were reading his letter, said, that guy's crazy putting the law, calling faith law and law of faith, the faith, law of faith. 
That word is nomo. You know that. Yeah, yeah, okay, law. Okay, you got that. But the Hebrew word is the Torah, the scrolls. Paul is speaking basically to a Greek-speaking international church. And so he used a Greek word. But it was almost like a, an oxymoron by the fact that when he says law, in the minds not only of his hearers, but also for those that would look at the word that he's using for law, nomo, nomo means a hard and fast assigned rule. I didn't make up the rules. Somebody else in government made up the rules, and I've got to follow them. And they're going to hold me to it. Okay, here's an illustration. I've been driving in Japan for 25 years. When in, in, it, that's in my past life, okay? And I had two traffic violations during the 25 years. I mean, give me a break. I'm a foreigner in Japan. And so... Minoru, when he heard that I was going to drive in Tokyo, he says, oh, no, 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 Pastor. No, we don't want you to drive. Don't, don't get a car. I said, well, I already have a car. A friend of mine sold it to me, real cheap. And I, he says, oh, well, you shouldn't drive. This is Tokyo. And I said, Minoru, I've been driving for 25 years in Japan. I can do it. And I've been driving in Tokyo for 10 years. Well, two weeks later, I was going down Tokorosawa Kaido, and Tokorosawa Kaido and Shin Tokorosawa Kaido merge at that point. It's a, it's a incredibly complicated intersection. In fact, you look at the, the lights over there, they're green. You look at the ones over here, they're red. Now, who ever designed that intersection? <laughs> I was coming along, a lot of traffic, and we came up to that intersection, and wouldn't you know it, there was a bus right in the lane that I wanted to go straight. By the way, we were going to, to uh, John and Junko's house for supper. <laughs> and I don't know whether I walked in with a sour look on my face, because what happened to me, the bus was in the lane here, so I went around him and then back into the lane again. I didn't check my rearview mirror. There was a man sitting in a car there with a red light on. As I, I mean, he was obviously right behind me, and he pulled in behind me and then right in, and he got on his loudspeaker, and he said in Japanese, pull over. Well, I think that's what he said. So I went through the intersection, and he kept talking to me in this loud speaker, and, and all. I'm sure every one of you were there at that intersection <laughs> and seeing that your new pastor was being pinched. But I pulled off, and he pulled in. Two men got out. They came up to me and said, uh, you went over that solid line. 
I didn't see it. It wasn't yellow, it was white. And I went over it. Yes, I did, because the bus was in the way. He was right in the lane. And the policeman said, that's a fine. We'll give you a ticket. That's breaking the rule. Oh, boy. So he goes back, and I'm thinking, oh, my. We're late for Junko's supper, and we uh, it's going to cost me a lot of money, I'm sure. It was. It was $100, by the way. Would you raise my salary? <laughs> anyway, he, he came back from his car, and he... he he was the probably the most gracious police officer I have met. I know in the U.S. he wouldn't have been as graceful as this man was. He said, "Sir," well, he said, "Sumimasen, uh, uh, this is a very dangerous corner. It's one of the most dangerous intersections in Tokyo, and we have to be very." very careful that people obey the rules at this intersection. We don't want you hurt and we don't want other people hurt. We're trying to avoid accidents in this corner. Okay, what does this have to do with this word? Both of them are right. Torah or nomo. Paul used nomo for his congregation that he was writing to. But both of them were right. In fact, the Torah, Torah, how do you say that, Mel? Mel? Torah. Just Torah, okay, not Torah. Okay, Torah. Okay, I got it. <laughs> he really was meaning both. They are rules of life. If we don't follow them, it's dangerous. You'll get hurt. Somebody will get hurt. And he was like a father. However, I was a lot older than he. So he's probably talking to his demented or his uh, soon to enter into Alzheimer's, his father. And just in kindness to me, probably because I was a gaijin, was very, very gracious. That's the Torah side. Because Torah really means fatherly advice to a son. The law is, that's broken. That is the law. And you will go to jail. Both are in action here. And we need to see that and know that. God isn't split personality because God has provided a way for us to come to Him, a holy God. We are not holy in and of ourselves. All have sinned and fall short of the glory 
of God, of what he intended for us to be as human beings. All have sinned. But as a father, you remember the prodigal son? Somebody have called it the prodigal father. No, it's the prodigal son. He's the one that wasted the riches. The prodigal father, yes, he gave those riches away and the son went out there. Well, then it's the father's fault. No. No. God has given us life. He has loved us, just as Flossie was talking about. If that's where you want to go, we'll pray for you, we'll seek after you, we'll follow you with our heart. The Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are saying. And the Father one day went out and it says he looked, he gazed down the road. And who should be coming? Who should be coming down that road? The prodigal son. The one who spent his dad's money foolishly. The father looked down the road. And what does it say he did? He ran to him. Katie and I, a few years ago, read something that gave us some insight in why would the father run down the road to the son? Well, this one commentator said, because they lived in a village. And those villages were very tight as far as their their community. They cared about each other. And if a villager happened to run into the prodigal son coming up the road toward the village, they would get out here and say, Get out of here. You do not belong in this village. You wasted your father's wealth. Get out of here. But the father, gazing down the road, ran to the son. Because the son had come home and the father's heart was glad. That's the kind of father that we have. But you know, the story is more full-blown than this. It actually, there's another part of this story where for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. That whosoever believes in him, receives him, should not be condemned, should not be killed, should not perish, but have everlasting life. And so that's the story of salvation that we as believers have experienced. And we need to walk in that understanding every day. Applying that to us. It's the words of the father to his child. It's the rules that we need to follow. To be holy, to come before him. And so 
with both of those, we can come before a holy God by the blood of Jesus Christ. It's a gift. It's a grace. It's a mercy to us. That's what it means to be a, a Christian. Is we've come to the understanding that God is just. God is holy. And that he requires a very, very high requirement. The bar is very high for all of us. And it's no different from any one to another. You might say, oh, well, that guy's really got it really good. No, we're all at, on the same level. doesn't matter. The bar is just as high. But that bar was already taken down through the blood of Jesus Christ so that we then become righteous sons, not because of our own goodness, but because of that of Jesus Christ. He becomes to us then our guarantee so that we stand then before the Father in the name of Jesus and his shed blood for us as considered righteous. What a mercy. What a grace. So what is faith? It is believing, receiving, counting on the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God. And what is the law? Like I've already described it, it's both in one. That of the rules and that of a father loving his child. So do we abolish the law? No. The law stands. The law remains. But alongside it remains the purchased price of Jesus Christ to fulfill that law on our behalf. And that's what it means for us, every one of us, if we want to receive it. Today is Pentecost. This is when the Holy Spirit came upon that 120 people in that room and showed himself as the refining fire. And the charges that were held against us are burned up and gone. Burned. By the fact that we are his and he is mine because of Jesus Christ. And because not just his death, remember, but if Jesus died and that's all he did, we're still in our sins. But God the Father, looking down, raised Jesus from the dead, gave him life, so that we also would have life. The payment has been made. We now have become, who have trusted in Jesus Christ, we have become eternal living beings. 
a new race, a new people, because of what Jesus Christ has done for us in his death and resurrection. And we wait expectantly, expectantly, very soon, very soon. This world is wearing out, folks. Time is running out for many, many people. And this is why we are so passionate about this message. This is why Paul takes such detail in writing this message to the Romans. As we said, this is probably, if you had any part of the Bible that you want to rip out of your uh, Bible and take it with you to jail, go immediately to the book of Romans because you'll have lots of time to study it and need it in order to understand it. But it's very, very simple. Very necessary for us today. Especially for us today. Let's pray. Oh, Father, you are our Father. And we thank you for the privilege that we have of being your children. Thank you for including us in your family. Thank you for coming and seeing that we needed a Savior and you sent your Son. And that he walked as a man. He understood our plight, yet without sin. He became the perfect Lamb of God. The perfect sacrifice. To make us clean and holy. To come before you even now. All of us as we have our heads bowed. Thank you. That your blood cleanses us. The penalty has been paid. And we pray this morning. Lord, if there's any heart here this morning, any person who needs to receive this message, Holy Spirit, work in their hearts. Show them what you have done for them in removing their guilt, their shame. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for coming into our lives and cleansing us from sin and giving us a hope and a place. We thank you for this, this grace to us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.